D. I am NMFL. I'm your host. I'm here with my co-host, Miyagi Pocock. Howdy, howdy. Uh, we're just going to start off. This is our first episode. We're going to try to uh, talk some Dynasty football, maybe talk uh, a little bit of beer with you when we can. But uh, just a little background. Miyagi and I both work in the beer industry. Correct. We've been selling beer for a while now, right? Yep. Uh, about a decade, but mostly drinking a lot of beer, too. It oh, comes with it. I love the drinking beer. That part is definitely the best part of beer. We've been playing fantasy sports, I think. We've been playing redraft for, what, probably 10, 15 years each? Yeah, yeah. Together for about eight years, I believe. We got into dynasty fantasy football mm -hmm. about three years ago, and that has become something that we've both fallen in love with. Completely overtaken our lives, 100%. Anytime you <laughs> can get fantasy football all year round, that uh, is a good time. Yeah, it's really helped uh, enlighten a lot of in-depth analysis, too, because redraft, when we go back and we look at our redraft you know, rosters from previous years or even currently, when you only have a few roster spots, you like start having this craze to go pick up all these people on the free agent waiver wire, and it's so you know a lot more about what's going on. So even if you don't do Dynasty, it's a great uh, tool to kind of get better at redraft also. I feel when I do a redraft team, <laughs> especially in the draft and right after I have these super late sleepers that I want to add and that I think are be something, but in reality they're only dynasty relevant because yeah. they probably won't even matter for a couple of years. Absolutely. So, so sometimes the back and forth <laughs> can, can pick a tool, but we're here to try to walk you through it all. We're going to talk some dynasty. We'll definitely talk some redraft and we'll go over uh, – We'll go over things that we think can help push you on your way to be a better fantasy player. We today are going to get into some NFL news of the week. There's a lot of news with cuts and different stuff from training camp, but I think we're just kind of going to get into some bigger notes for the, for the week. We're a little bit on a time crunch today. I think the biggest news that we've dealt with is Cam Newton was released. New England decided to go Mac Jones. How does it, how do you think about that? Well, it's it, it's it's a smart decision. It's what I thought they should have done. I didn't think it was going to come so soon, and I didn't think it was going to come in the form of a cutting Cam Newton straight out. Uh, you definitely need to respect what Cam Newton has done, um, but when you watch the film, you watch him at uh, OTAs, you watch him at mixed practices. Um, it, it was pretty clear to me who was getting the ball where it needed to be with more zip on it, more accurate. Cam might be more experienced reading defenses and doing things of that nature, but I think that's going to come quick with Mac Jones. He's uh, learned under Nick Saban, so he's used to reading a defense. He's used to putting in the work. He's used to winning, and I think it's a smart decision, um, and I think it's just officially going to be time to just think of Cam Newton as either a, a backup somewhere else or not fantasy relevant. Yeah, they say that the closest thing to NFL football is SEC football. I think Alabama is the top of that list. So Mac Jones has definitely been playing some competition, obviously not at the NFL level, but at a high, high level. He was very, uh, you know, he did a great job there. He was very successful. And he has looked the part in preseason. He's, he's definitely completing the passes that – 
look like they're NFL passes. He's you know sneaking the ball in and throwing it where it needs to be. So I too think it was the right decision. I though am surprised it came as early as it did. I thought we would have Cam for four to six weeks type of situation, and then he would take over. But uh, and I definitely didn't see the cut either. Yeah. I thought, like you said, I thought it would. Yeah, they weren't paying him. Right, <laughs> it, right, didn't, right. it didn't really cost him a whole lot. It was all incentive-driven contract. And when it, when it boils down to it, you know, the uh, kind of scramble around power running quarterback is not what Bill Belichick has you know, traditionally used. It's been a pocket passer, sits there, reads the defense, finds gaps, and then gets the ball there. Not so much scrambling out of the pocket and ad-libbing, and then when all else fails, you just run your ass off, which you know, is uh, definitely Cam style. Uh, so I'm, I'm expecting pretty big things from, from Mac Jones. Definitely not Tom Brady level. Definitely, you know, not future Hall of Famer. But I am expecting him to do very well in that system. And um, there will absolutely be growing pains. There always is. The NFL is really difficult, come to find out. Really, really difficult. Uh, so, but I think uh, from just what Mac Jones has done um, in in college, and then hearing <laughs> what some of his receivers were saying uh, after Tua left, uh, and comparing Tua to Mac Jones, they seem to prefer him more. Uh, which I thought was kind of funny because it's kind of a douchey thing to talk crap about one of your quarterbacks after he already left and took you to a national title. But it was uh, pretty uh, pretty eye opening how much they preferred Mac to to Tua. And that hurts my heart because <laughs> I have a lot of Tua shares and. and leagues um, when it gets to to fantasy talk I think in redraft I would say that Cam probably wasn't being drafted super high definitely not as a number one quarterback and I would say in redraft Mac Jones was probably not being drafted either or as a late flyer do you think things change now obviously Cam if he was drafted on your team you could probably cut him and you don't need him but do you think people should go and pick up Mac Jones or do you think it's kind of a wait and see type of for redraft, there's no there's no real reason I can think of to go pick up Mac Jones unless, um, no, there's just no reason actually. I mean, there's at least 15 quarterbacks that are viable uh, starters, and you've got another eight that I think would be easily streamable above Mac Jones. But again, if you know week one comes around, week two comes around. He starts getting used to that McDaniel's offense. He starts producing. He is definitely somebody I would be looking to pick up a little bit later in the season, especially as bye weeks start coming through. Um, so that is for redraft, but for dynasty, it impacts a lot of stuff uh, because Jones was just drafted. Um, we've, we do a super flex league. He was drafted in the first round um, with the person drafting him, anticipating him to sit for maybe half a year, definitely not be his week one starter. And, um, you know, the person who has him doesn't have anything for quarterback, so he's immediately trying to shop him for uh, higher, higher upside picks or uh, other quarterbacks to try to capitalize on that excitement. Um, but the impact of, of Cam Newton on Dynasty, I, don't, I, I didn't really see him as much of a Dynasty stash anyway. He's definitely, at the end of his career, um, he had a chance last year. It was horrible. Preseason was horrible for him. I didn't see much anyway for in, the, in the way of Cam Newton being um, valued at all, except for maybe some rushing. But when he's getting along in years, that kind of dwindles down anyway. Never really seemed like a Bill Belichick quarterback. No. You mentioned that earlier. No. It just kind of fit. You just 
Well, with 20 years of Tom Brady, it's hard to think of any other type of quarterback with Belichick, but it just never seemed like he fit quite what they were trying to do. And so it's almost, it's almost like he was a sacrificial lamb. Like they knew they couldn't have somebody right after Brady because they would be constantly compared to Brady, and that would be unfair. So they, they signed Cam for a year, let him kind of stink up the joint. He wasn't – no, he was bad. Let's be honest. He was bad. I was trying to be nice. He was bad. And, you know, so now there's some excitement, some buzz about their new rookie quarterback who's coming in, and, and he, he'll still have – for anybody who will ever play in New England, they will have some comparisons to Tom Brady. It's inevitable. But um, I think that year off with Cam and kind of seeing – um, where the team could be, I think, I think it's really going to help Mac Jones out. I think so, too. So, definitely, Mac Jones is definitely becoming a star in Dynasty Fantasy. Uh, let's see where, where he goes and see how far he's taken. And Cam Newton is definitely on his way out. No longer need to hang on to that guy in any format. Um, other news of the week that was uh, kind of big and affects fantasy football pretty good, uh, J.K. Dobbins yeah. running back for Baltimore. Torres ACL uh, last preseason game they had him in there and uh, it looked bad it looked bad you could uh, tell right away it was bad <laughs> and, and it did it, they did do an MRI it is a torn ACL done for the season out for the year um, it sounds like Gus Edwards is now going to be the lead back there I think that that is a good thing for fantasy. How do you feel about that? Well, it, it breaks my heart because I've been all in on Dobbins since college. I, I do this weird thing where if I see a big play just randomly from any player in college, I fall in love with him and I want to target them. I don't watch uh, an insane amount of college football, but from when I did see, I was really all in on Dobbins. Um, so that sucks that he's gone for the year. I was really looking forward to him breaking out this year without Ingram there. Just he started flashing at the end of the year. But, you know, the same can be said for Gus Edwards. He has been awesome when he's in. He's, you'd hear last year, why isn't he getting the ball more? Every time he touches the ball, he's getting, you know, eight yards. Uh, it's insane his, um, how proficient he is with running that ball. So I think with him coming through and, and getting the majority of the workload, uh, it's going to be really exciting to see what he can do. It's also kind of sad because you know no matter what he does, next year Dobbins is going to be the, the number one. So maybe it'll be an opportunity sometime in Dynasty this year if he's really, really, you know, putting it out there and, and uh, you know, winning, winning some weeks for people to, to trade high on him. Um, I mean, I can't say never because if he rushes for like 2,000 yards, they're not going to bench a guy. But... They, their draft capital and their commitment to Dobbins from earlier this year, I do believe, will carry over pretty seamlessly to next year. So. Yeah, in, in our dynasty leagues, the format we use, he was last year. At, uh, he had, I think he had less than 150 carries. He was still RB 37, which is just on the, the hair of, of being relevant for a flex position. Um, you know, so even last year with Dobbins there, he had some good games and some good carries. So. I think it'll be exciting to see him come in this year as the guy, and hopefully he succeeds. Um, in redraft, do you think that you're willing to draft him in the same area you were drafting J.K. Dobbins? Do you think he falls a little bit farther than that? How do you think that he's going to go for a, for a redraft? People are getting ready to draft this week. They're getting ready to go. Season's going to start. 
how do you how do you feel his ADP should be right now? I think it's uh, it's a little it's a little combination of all those things. So I. I was willing to draft Dobbins third, fourth round. I'm willing to take Gus Edwards around the same time, but it, it's, a, it's an either-or situation, really. Uh, either he's going to live up to the expectations. I'm talking about Dobbins here, where he, if, if he lives up to what we all thought he was going to be coming out of college, he's a running back one, so he shouldn't be going into the third or fourth round. So you're getting him at a discount there. Now, Gus Edwards in the same system, if you're thinking of systems, uh, the Ravens are – they, they run the ball. They run it, and they run it again, and then they run it some more. Even their quarterback runs it. Everybody runs the ball there. So there's plenty of plenty to go around. And Gus Edwards is going to be getting enough of that where it's one of those things where it could be quite the steal in the fourth round, picking up a guy who could be what Dobbins could have been, which is a running back one. I mean, the potential for being a top ten running back is there. Everything kind of comes together. All he has to do is take that opportunity and not to pun, but run with it, you know. So if, if he does that, I would be more than happy taking him in the fourth round. I saw uh, in a draft I just did, he went in the second round, but the guy who was picking him was stupid. So um, That will happen. Yeah, yeah, it does happen quite frequently. Um, but, that, yeah, that being said, I'm, I'm pretty pumped on Gus Edwards. If you have him, awesome. Uh, see what you got with him. Uh, maybe get a championship with him out of one year. That's a great steal. You always have these players that you – either draft late round or they uh, work their way up to a job because somebody else got injured and, and they can win you a championship. It's happened before. They can win you several games to get you into the championship round too. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty high on Gus Edwards, yeah. I, I am too. I, I really think he's going to have a good year. Mm -hmm. I think that you could get him. I think his ADP is definitely rising um, in redraft. A lot of people have already drafted, but this is a big week for draft with the season coming up. I think his ADP, he's still a little hidden, so don't forget to scroll down a little bit and put him in your queue a little bit early. Uh, other people are doing that, so mm -hmm. you can't quite say, oh, he has fifth, sixth round ADP. I can wait till then and yeah. get him. That's kind of an old ADP that hasn't caught up, caught up to the news yet. So be prepared, scroll down, put him in your queue. You do probably need to be around third, fourth round to take yeah. him, but we both think that that will pay off, and, and he'll be good. He'll be good to go. A few more news and notes, just something I just want just to touch. I, I want to yeah, interrupt you there. Don't draft during preseason. <laughs> That's why you do not draft yes, during preseason. Yes. Wait till the last preseason game is over. It seems every year you've got a major player going down in preseason, and it sucks. So I'm sure if you've listened to any fantasy podcast or any sports podcast that discusses fantasy football in any way, you've heard it. But, dear God, people are still drafting after week one or week two of preseason. Knock it off. <laughs> Like this, where your best players hurt, your first couple draft picks are, are hurt, don't yeah. play the season. And, and especially in redraft, it ruins your season. It does. In, in Dynasty, it's yeah. part of the game. You deal with it. You can, There's different trades that can be done when mm -hmm. people are hurt or when things are done. In redraft, when you lose your top guys, it really ruins the season for you. So, yeah, I definitely agree. Wait till the end of preseason. That way, injuries happen. They could happen week one. Same thing. You could feel bad. But give yourself that extra. Yeah. Give yourself the extra. So a few new news and notes, just going to go through real quick. If there is anything that you want to touch on, just mm -hmm. let me know. Um, Irv Smith, uh, meniscus surgery, he's out four to five months. Um, I was a big fan of him, especially in Dynasty, but that's a little tough. He's done. But this one's actually kind of big. Trey Lance, 
um, has a quote unquote chip in his finger um, that puts him out for seven days. I wonder how much of that is just trying to dole the talk of of Garoppolo and, and him uh, comp competing for that starting job. You know, I wonder that too. I do. Or is this a thing where they wanted to name him the starter and now they kind of can't? You know, I don't know if this puts a damper where maybe they were leaning his way, but now it's going to be tough to do that. Maybe Garoppolo definitely goes out week one instead of the opportunity for Lance. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think he's definitely going to take over the job at some point. Oh, yes. I'd say earlier rather than later yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Jerry Jones came out and said Dak's good to go week one. Well, Jerry great. Jones said it, you know. It's Jerry Jones is the one that said it, but <laughs> breaking, he didn't say that. Breaking news from Jerry Jones. Michael Thomas was put on pup. That puts him out for at least the first five games. I think it's a six-week pup list, but they have an early bye, so at least five games there. So that's good just to know. It's good to know that he's out because I, I dealt with it last year of just figuring out if he's going to play or not, and it's good just to know he's not. Get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I have some shares. Get better. I want you back. The Giants came out and said they're not sure about Saquon Barkley for week one. I think we've kind of all known that. Yeah, uh, Saquon's an enigma for me. I, I love the dude. I've had him in a lot of leagues. Uh, and I don't use the injury-prone um, designation really ever. But it you, you can only get burnt so many times um, and invest heavily and then lose half your season to injury. Uh, even when he, he had a high ankle sprain, it happened. I was like, dude's a superhero. He's back in three weeks. And, you know, it, it, was, it, was, it was rough going. But once he was back, like, like at full strength, you could tell he was playing hurt still for a few weeks. But then he's back. He's dropping 50 points in my championship game. It's like, great, great. But, um, you know, now it's high ankle sprain, blown up knee. I mean, I want to see a year. I want to see a year of him back. So, well, I just <laughs> traded you to get him. <laughs> you did. So I hope he comes back very quickly. Yeah, and, and then he's the same old man. Yeah, you traded me so DeAndre Swift, who's also going to be likely missing week one too. So yeah, he is a groin, right? And, ah. <laughs> um, Tariq Cohen was also put on the pup list. He's going to miss at least five games. Um, we saw last year David Montgomery took advantage of Tariq Cohen being out and put up a great season. Just see if he can do that again. Yeah, Here lots of touches, more touches, more opportunity. He's got the opportunity. One last thing, uh, week one Packers at Saints game has been moved to Jacksonville because of Hurricane Ida. I saw a funny thing in the NFL. Well, I, put it, I saw it in the NFL stories, but it says that the Saints considered every detail in choosing Jacksonville to host its home opener against the Packers, including – Aaron Rodgers, three and four lifetime record, and seventy-eight point one career passer rating in the state of Florida. Oh, okay. I don't know if they actually took all that into account, but it's funny. Oh, you know they have an analytics guy who found that. <laughs> that was definitely the breaking factor there. We are going to dive into one of our dynasty leagues. We are going to dive into our Chico Dynasty League that we started in two thousand nineteen. So we're going in on a, a, our third year. We're just kind of going to go through teams quickly and talk about the league as a whole. It is a 10-man dynasty league. Like I said, we started it in 2019, so we're going into our third year. It is a one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, one flex league. We have a back-to-back -back champion in that league, which is very hurtful. Um, he won both. Both years. 
It's more annoying than hurtful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> annoying, hurtful. Nobody likes the guy, you know. It smells bad. Hear this. Yeah. <laughs> um, in 2019, my team, I finished in seventh place just out of the playoff. I was five and eight. Miyagi finished in sixth place, but he won the first round of the playoffs, ended up in fourth. In 2020, I turned my team around. I was the one seed. I had a great season, so I had a bye, and then a promptly lost right after my bye. We guys finished in fourth. That's heartbreaking. Your team is glorious in this league. Miyagi had uh, Saquon last year. I know. I think you had Michael Thomas possibly in that league. No, that's a different league. So, but I know he had Saquon in that league, so that hurt him pretty bad. Yeah. He finished down in eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that we are primed to make a run at the championship. Yes, I, we, as we get through it, I think my team is incredibly stacked, and I think that I should be the heavy favorite going in. Well, let me just read down your first five running backs. You've got Alvin Kamara, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson. And you know what? Just to round it off, let's throw in Clyde edwards Lair in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm very happy with that. So, I mean, I'm sure your, your other spots have to suck. So your quarterback, you have, oh, you got Pat Mahomes. Okay. I've heard of him. And then uh, your wide receivers... Man, they're all so old. You got A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Chris Godwin, D.J. Moore, <laughs> Curtis Samuel, and then the, the, the veteran, A.J. Green. So, I mean, I your, we- your weakness has got to be in tight end then, so let's take a look. Oh, uh, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, how did you not win, Nick? I don't know. I don't know how I did win that. <laughs> you literally have number ones at every position. Yeah, it was, it was a rough year. I, I cried a lot in my pillow. I probably still do. I remember the next day. You, you're not a sad person. You were very sad. <laughs> I also... Trades. I had Julio Jones and Cooper Cup last right. year, and I had, I had made uh, a trade to get up in the draft, in our rookie draft, and I have Kyle Pitts. You so have Kyle Pitts. I got Kelsey going for, for the next couple years, and then hopefully Kyle Pitts comes right into there and takes over that. I'm going to quit this league. <laughs> did we did we make predictions? We went through and we were kind of going to predict how, how our teams went. I, I just predicted the champion, um, which is, I mean, you can't look at your team. There's nobody else that compares to it. I mean, the, the defending champ has Christian McCaffrey, which you always love. He also has Dalvin Cook. So you got the one and the two. That's incredible. Um, and he also is stacked at, at quarterback. He's got Josh Allen. Uh, and then he's rounding out with DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen. I mean, dude's got a stacked team. Uh, but when you just look position by position, I think his wide receivers are a little bit more seasoned than yours, so they're a little better. But every other position, you have uh, a huge gap over. I mean, it's it's not really that close when, when you think about it. I guess um, with Josh Allen's rushing ability, uh, he, you can put him up there with, with Mahomes as far as scoring fantasy points and everything, but I just, I just love the Kansas City offense a bit more. Um, so... I think I think you're going to win, and we can round it out with who's not going to win. Um, we have one team that has one asset, basically one asset. He has Derrick Henry, um, and he is the biggest Titans fan I know because he's the only Titans fan that I know. And so he will die with Derrick Henry on his team. Um, besides that, he's got really nothing. He's got, you know, he's still riding Adam Thielen as his number one wide receiver. Who, who knows? Adam Thielen, uh, people keep saying he's old, but I keep finding him at the uh, top 15 of uh, fantasy points at the end of each year. So, I mean, he's going to just, 
it, it's hard to tell what Thielen's going to do. But Thielen does something. But I, I wouldn't feel comfortable having him as my number one wide receiver going into a season. Yeah, um, yeah. he's definitely on the, on the way out yeah, he's definitely 50. <laughs> definitely, definitely. He's been there. Uh, the same team did kind of luck their way into uh, having Gus Edwards on his team. That's uh, true. To be able to have another running back, but I feel his team should definitely be in rebuild. He should definitely be selling most of his assets and trying to get trying to get high picks, first-round picks to, to help his team because, like you said, everybody's old. It's going on the way out. When you look at your team and you don't see anybody of any of your starters really playing past the next couple years, uh, it's, it's time to start working on filling those gaps in your team with other assets, including draft picks. So uh, I have my own philosophy on Dynasty. Everybody kind of does. I love having draft picks, but I have no problem trading away draft picks for proven assets. They don't have to be veterans. They can be young. Uh, they, they've just proven it for two years already, and I will happily give up draft picks to get those. Um, so with that being said, if you've got Derrick Henry and you've got you know the top four teams or whatever that are chasing down a championship with draft capital, they will happily dra- tra- or trade those draft picks for a player like Derrick Henry to try to get that championship this year. And then you can reload your team as well. Yeah, I think, it's a, I think there's people out there that have a tough time making the difference between redraft and dynasty where in dynasty sometimes when you're losing you're still winning 100% you can get rid of a lot of your assets and and people use the word tank meaning that you're not playing your best players and that's not correct that's it means basically you trade away your best players mm-hmm. so you get a lot of pick assets and you get a lot of young players and get a lot of players that can help you in a year or two mm-hmm. so that your team is not as good now but in one to two years, your team can make the leap and you can become a good team. There is a team, uh, the butt fumble team in our league. Uh, I feel like he has done that. His yeah. team, I don't think his team is going to be very good this year. Mm. I think it would be completely wrong. Nope. It could surprise me. I do think his wide receivers are a little bit a year away, maybe the end of the year away. Yeah, he's got a lot of rookies. Or second years. you got Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy on there. And I think those guys are great players. I'd yeah. love to have them on my team. I don't know if they're going to carry you to a championship this year, being your one and two. Mm-hmm. But I think in a couple of years, they could definitely yeah. do that for your team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has traded away a lot of assets, and he has a lot of draft picks. Um, he has three first-round picks. He has two second-round picks in this next year's draft. Mm-hmm. I feel like he is the example of how to do it correctly. Yeah. He knows that his team this year isn't going to compete mm-hmm. for a championship. He knows that... He took the younger players. He took the draft picks. If he hits on those players and he hits on those draft picks, by next year his team will be good. And in two years his team could be really good. He could yeah. be looking to compete with some of us that are up near the top. Oh, yeah. He's got, he's got a lot of young assets. I mean, he's got Najee, ATN, you know, lost season for ATN, but next year could be, could be great. You know, he's looking at Judy. Waddle could explode this year or at least establish himself to being further along down the line next year. Uh, Chase Claypool's shown what he can do. Uh, you know, we're, we're discussing before most of his fantasy points came in a handful of games, but if he could string half a season of those games together, you know, spread out, that's a that's huge production. I'm a big fan of Rondell Moore. Um, 
I just love the way the dude plays. He plays big. He's a small little guy. Uh, so I hope he doesn't, you know, Debo himself into retirement and just get hurt by running through people that are bigger than him all the time. Um, but I love him as a player. I, I like his athletic tangibles, like his um, desire on the field. You can see he's, he's trying to be the best out there. Um, and that means a lot when, when I'm watching players. So if you've got, you know, wide receivers like that breaking out two years down the road, yeah, those those uh, draft picks are going to be huge. So, Yeah, yeah, I think that's a perfect example of how you get better with a team that needs help. Uh, we have a few guys in our league that hopefully will take a look at some of the moves that were done and some of the way that was handled because it's, it's tough to see guys carrying along with the old old vets that they grew up with but they still want to hang on to them and they still want to you know reach for them and try to do it and, oh but if this goes right for me i can end up in sixth place yeah. well sixth place doesn't yeah be it does easy. it's right in the middle you either want to be at the top or you want to be at the bottom if you're at the bottom you're getting higher draft picks if you're at the top you're having more fun because you're winning so the way you get back to the top is get better draft picks or don't let people trade rape you all the time and I think the draft picks, I think you and I, like you mentioned earlier, try to, we like the draft picks, of course, but we want the proven commodity, but it's always fun. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's really, it's really maximizing what time of year you're playing in. During the season, it's really fun to have Christian McCaffrey on your team. So I'm not saying you can go trade all your draft picks and get Christian McCaffrey, but it's, for for example, uh, the championship year in, in uh, one of our leagues, I traded for Michael Thomas. It was really fun to have Michael Thomas on my team. I traded, I think, two first to get him, and that was awesome. I wouldn't trade that back for anything. But then come draft season, you've got just the hype and just people, you know, chomping at the bit to, to get all these rookies. And every year, there's always rookies that you're just dying to have on your team. And um, I don't think we'll go into it this time, but looking back at some of the rookies that have been drafted in the first round previously, there is a really big bust rate, like really, really big. So as much as you think, you know, this year, um, you know, Jamar Chase, there's no way he can bust, or uh, Javante Williams, no way he can bust. Like everybody was falling over themselves to get these players. There's a good chance half of those guys aren't going to live up to what you thought. So when you have... Uh, during draft season, if you have like two first round picks that people are just dying to get and you can trade them for a top notch player because people think, you know, oh, um, keep going back to Michael Thomas here because he didn't have a, such a great season last year. Or we'll use uh, DK Metcalf because he's up on the trading block in some other leagues. Is If you can get a proven DK Metcalf for two first round picks that you have no idea who they're going to be. Um, and, and the person who's getting the two first-round picks feels like they're winning. Like, that's, that's a great trade for you. You're getting a young stud that people have already fallen in love with, and now they've moved on. They're infatuated with the next guy. They're always moving on to the next one. It's like the meme with the guy looking at the girl. And uh, I will always stand by the philosophy of, like, my draft picks. I will trade them away in draft seasons for pro proven commodities. Um, and that's something I actually look at uh, – frequently especially when people are not in a position to be winning that year um so and they think they can <laughs> i have a 
great example of that just to get into real quick and then we'll move on. But I took over an orphan league a few years ago and my team was awful. And I traded away every asset, every hint of an asset, every time there was news about a player possibly taking over a job or anything, I was selling players, selling players, selling players. I ended up with a lot of first round draft picks. I had the first, I had the first overall pick, it was a super flex, and then I had a, a five, six, and seven. And leading days leading up to the draft, I ended up trading five, six, and seven for different trades. I ended up with Christian McCaffrey. Right. I ended up with Amari Cooper. I ended up with Devontae Parker. My team really went from a bunch of guys. It was garbage. Was no, it was, it was hot garbage. I didn't win a game. I was 0-13 on the year. Definitely the worst team. And then that a rookie fever hit, and I was really able to trade for a lot of guys. Again, I was in rebuild, but I didn't trade for... Derek Henry, who has a year or two left, and he's 20, you know, 8, 29. I traded for Christian McCaffrey. He's 24. Yeah. He's still got years left. I yeah. traded for Amari Cooper. He's a wide receiver. He's still got years left. You've got to set yourself up for a few years, and you can do that by trading away some of those. Yeah. But you can also keep those. I did miss out. I missed out on Tamar Chase. Yeah. I missed out on Kyle Pitts. Those feel fun. Yeah. Those feel fun to have those and say, what if, but... Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. He's he's proven it. He's proven he is the one. He's Neo. He's Keanu Reeves. He's the one. He goes out on that field, and it's incredible to watch. The volume he gets, it, he's worth whatever you're paying for him. Yeah, totally. Got it. Two players in one Yeah, spot. it's exactly right. You get a, a, a wide receiver one and a running back one in one roster spot, you're, you're winning. I'm just going to read through how I predicted the Chico Dynasty to finish out for the year. Uh, I did pick myself to win. I do think that my team is pretty stacked, and I think that I have the depth to withstand some injuries. It's incredibly conceited of you. Put myself as one. Uh, I did put Austin. He's the back-to-back champ. I put him at two. I think Cook and McCaffrey make him a great opponent every week. Those two alone can, can do a lot. Well, if you guys are playing in the championship round, we are meeting at somebody's house, barbecuing and drinking, because I would love to be a part of that. Watching you guys die with every play. <laughs> yes, that would, that would definitely happen. At three, I put division. Uh, I think he has some, uh, some good running backs. I think he has some top wide receivers. Um, wouldn't be surprised if he won. He beat me last year in the third place game when I still thought I had a really good team. Oh, right. It's just what happens <laughs> sometimes. At four, I put your team. I put Miyagi's team. I think you have a good team, but I think losing Dobbins hurts yeah. you pretty bad. Yeah. That, that alone is going to make it tough. You also have Swift, who is going to miss a game or two probably to start, so that hurts you. I'm so excited about that guy. <laughs> I think you have definitely some of the top wide receivers in the league. And your depth on wide receiver is is pretty good. Tyreek Hill, Allen Robinson, uh, Scary Terry, Robbie Anderson, McCole Hardman. I mean, you're, you're yeah. wide receiver. Got Pittman. Yeah, Brian oh, Edwards. Yeah, Pittman, Brian Edwards. Yeah. You are you're set there for sure. You also have a lot of 2023 draft picks to reboot your team. And that's where you're not rebuilding. You're just going to add to your already good team, which is yeah. the way to do it in Dynasty. If you can pull that off have a big team, and bring in the rookies to reboot your team. Yes. That's definitely the way to do it. I have T-Bay at number five. I think he has really good wide receivers, a really good tight end. His running backs need to hit, 
and it's possible that they could. Uh, Mike Davis, Mostert, both those guys could have I mean, a season there. I, I'm guessing I would start probably Damian Harris there pretty frequently. And, you know, like he's in there all the time yeah. as well. Yeah. So if those hit, I think his team could could also do well. Um, but I have him in the five spot. I have our friend Blake in the sixth spot. Blake has been consistently in the top three in the first couple of years. His team is good, but he has Deshaun Watson. That's going to hurt him. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. His running backs, Mixon and Jacobs. I, we both think Mixon's going to have a good year. Jacobs has just been so up and down, and they brought in Drake. Uh, it's going to be tough. He also does have Michael Thomas, who misses yes. five, six games. That's, that's going to hurt him as well. I think that... The first four I listed, I think, definitely have a strong shot to win the championship. I think that T-Bay and Blake, if things went well, if their things did hit, I think it wouldn't surprise me if they were up there and won it or were in, at least in the championship game. But I think things definitely have to, to go their way. Yeah, I know a lot of people are, are much further down on Jacobs than I am. I, I just think Gruden's just a type of guy. He's just adding people anyway. A lot of his roster moves to me and draft picks don't make a lot of sense. Um, and then once they get on the field, it's just the same old stuff. It's like they were drafting wide receivers. They were picking up wide receivers last year. We were all worried about Waller. Waller still got everything. Um, we were – when, when he was drafting – when he was trading away like Cleo Mack and Amari Cooper for draft picks and then and then using them on people we thought were going to change the whole dynamic of that team, it's still, once they're on the field, talent outshines. Josh Jacobs is talented at all heck. That dude just needs to start getting the ball thrown to him more. I don't know if he has to take Derek Carr out on a date or buy him a candy bar or whatever, somewhere in between. But throw him the ball. Check it down a little bit. I mean, you're, you're checking the ball down to Waller as well, which I love because I have him. But I, I don't know why they don't use Josh Jacobs more in that. And I don't necessarily think Kenyon Drake's just going to come in and take all that work. Um, but it, it, it just seems um, industry has fallen a little too far down. I would still be trying to pick up Josh Jacobs where I can. Yeah, me so. too. I'm a fan as well. At seven, I have uh, B.S. Benz. I think his team is – really getting old. He really <laughs> needs to look into a rebuild. He needs to start selling some assets. But I don't hate his team. No. Uh, his quarterbacks are really good. Mm -hmm. He has Brady. He has Aaron Rodgers. He has Kyler Murray. His quarterbacks mm -hmm. are really, yeah. really good. It is a one-quarterback league, like I mentioned. So you only need one of those, but he's good. He has Kenyon Drake, who, though we are both think that Jacobs is, is better than he's getting credit for, I think Drake is still going to get some work. He has Melvin Gordon as long as he can withhold Javante. I think he's going to get some work. Um, his wide receivers are good. They're just old. Yep. Julio is on his last leg. Yeah. I mean, he's got Stephon Diggs. Um, and, he, yeah, and he's got Cooper Cup. I, I'm really excited to see how the Rams offense looks with um, Stafford back there. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that there will just be just mountains and mountains and mountains of fantasy points getting thrown around that offense with uh, Stafford uh, running a McVay offense. Uh, I was really excited for Cam Akers. I thought there was going to be a lot of usage for him as well. But I think it's going to still, I think they're still planning on using Daryl Henderson to open up so much of that offense to throw the ball more down the field and in the middle of those crossing routes like Cooper Cup uh, kind of specializes at. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't write off Cooper Cup <laughs> just yet. Yeah, no, I definitely would not write him off either. And I 
just think his team, though, is on the upswing where he needs to start looking to get better as he, it goes. Yeah, he does have some draft pick capital. He's got uh, two first-rounders in this next one and a 2023 first-rounder. Um, so it looks like he's been acquiring some assets, but I would – this is a this is a case where I would try to sell Stefan Diggs for the fucking house. Yeah, um, especially after this last year, I don't think he's going to replicate what he did last year. But I still think he's going to be uh, top eight easily. Um, so yeah, I would absolutely be trying to trade him. I'll, I'll send him a trade offer. <laughs> I actually have uh, the Hankins team yeah. at, at eight. I think that his team is set up in the worst. Possible I can't stress it enough, Corey. Rebuild your team. But he has, he has Derrick Henry. Henry. He has Derrick Henry. I mean, that, that's going to. He's the mountain that rides through defenses. He's, right, right. He's, he runs through everything. Yeah. He runs through brick walls. He's the clear. He has Matthew Stafford, who we just mentioned. I think is going to have a great year. I agree with you there. Um, he's going to throw the ball all around, so he will put up some points. He's got Miles Gaskins. He just made a trade for Miles Gaskins, who, if he takes over the lead role, could really actually put up some decent stuff. We mentioned previously he kind of fell into Gus Edwards, mm -hmm. but with those running backs, I feel like his team could finish higher than he should. Mm -hmm. He has some running, or some sorry, some wide receivers that, if hit, he has Mooney. Mooney's supposed to have a great year if that actually comes to fruition. He could be really good. He's got Russell Gage, who's supposed to get targets this year as well. So I put him in the eighth spot, but Corey, don't hear what I'm not saying. Mm. Rebuild your team. <laughs> Start now. I put the butt fumble at nine, and I think that could be the one that I could be completely wrong on. I, his team could go up. I just feel like he's in a perfect spot of his rebuild where next year he's going to jump from one of the bottom teams to one of the top teams. It, I, I could even see it happening this year. I mean, it he's could, got he's got totally I mean, he's got Dak, um, he's got Najee, you know, he's got wide receivers that could blow up. His tight ends are hot shit. I, I can't even can't even click on what his tight ends are. But, um, but you know, with if Najee gets all the 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 touches he's supposed to be getting, Chris Carson has been super consistent. If David Montgomery can carry over what he did last year, he's got enough depth at, at running back to kind of flex those players and, and carry them. Uh, I, I could see him finishing much better I, than him. I, yeah. I could, too. Yeah. I could, too. I think this is the one that I think I could easily be the most wrong about, and he could jump up. And, and I hate it because I don't want his team to be good. I want his team to be down at the bottom. I just want him to be sad. Yes, I want him to be sad, <laughs> and, and we despise him. I used to like him a lot more until he made bets with me that he doesn't pay. Yeah, that's that's yeah. great, great reason. Yeah. I liked him a lot more than he moved across country. So yeah. that, that Maybe they don't sell pies on the East Coast. Probably. I don't think they do. That's got to be it. That's the I only reason. They're supposed to take a meat pie to the face, and I think they're big on meat pies over there. Man, all I'm right. I'll have to research it. I'll Google East Coast pies. At the 10 in the last spot, I put the fine Forester team. Uh, I love Maddie. I think that he started off hot, but he losing Cam Akers this year hurts him for sure. Also, drafting Gurley as early as he did a couple years ago. But granted, Gurley fell yeah. off a cliff. Right. People yeah. saw it coming, but I think we saw it as a little more of a gradual I, hill. I, I didn't. Not an exact <laughs> cliff that yeah. he just Get fell it. off. 
I didn't think he was going to fall into the abyss of basically forced retirement. I, <laughs> I, I thought he'd be a little bit more limited, but still have his skill set and find a way to be used. Um, somebody that catches the ball like he did, you'd think he would still find a way to be used in that offense, but it was, it was pretty bad. Definitely. That's he, the cliff that he fell. I haven't seen that. Before. Yeah, I mean, somebody like that's worse than a retirement cliff. That you know, somebody just all because he's been trying and it's been bad. And yeah, had him on your roster, and plugging him in here and there. He's young too, yeah. isn't he? Isn't he twenty six? That's crazy. Not good. Yeah, he has some good young quarterbacks. He has Joe Burrow. He has Trevor Lawrence. I think that that'll help. It's a one quarterback league, so he just needs one of those guys. He has Chase Edmonds. He has some pieces here and there, but. Like I said, the Acres season, losing him Acres for the season hurt him that way. Wide receivers, he has Calvin Ridley, he has T. Higgins, he has some guys. I just think he needs, he's a few years away from having anything and he needs to figure out his running back position. Yeah, I think he needs to figure out all, all of them. I mean, he said at wide receiver for a few years. Um, I hope T. Higgins stays on the path that he was on before they, they drafted Jamar Chase. I like his talent. I like him on the field. Um, I like his young quarterback. I th- I'm expecting him to be good for a while. Uh, I hope I'm not wrong because you've seen flashes from rookie co- uh, wide receivers. They've done okay, and then either they fall off a cliff, and you've seen the inverse of that where they suck the first two years Devonte adams where he's just hot garbage and then becomes the best uh wide receiver in the nfl so uh, yeah he should definitely be targeting some running backs um <laughs> trying to trying to think you know if, if, if one of your key pieces that you're trying to hold on to and so many people think this way because he's young is calvin ridley that's one of your only assets but if you can sell calvin ridley for some draft picks and especially now, I mean, the hype is so high on him with Julio moving on. Um, I don't think you're going to get more for him at any other point than, than right now. Right. So that's another example of having a great asset and trying to sell. Even if it's for draft picks and another player, and you can sell that other player for other draft picks. I've done that in the past, too. But, um, yeah, figure your shit out. I think one thing he has going for him that is good is he does have two 22nd firsts. Yes. One is his own, so that should be low. He also has the Hankins teams. First, oh, that'll be high. So that should help, too. He should end up with a top uh, top three, top four draft picks. Two of those there should help him get set for the year. That is our Chico Dynasty. I don't know if you have anything else to add there. I don't think we didn't really look into Dynasty years in the future. We were kind of just doing this year and trying to let a couple people know that they need to rebuild their teams. <coughs> Corey. Yeah. And I just want to congratulate everybody who's listening on being part of history. You can say you listened to the very first uh, Fantasy on Draft podcast, uh, soon to be the largest media conglomerate podcast in the history of mankind. So just congratulations on being part of that. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) We're glad to have you. Send us money. (laughs) Uh, Miyagi and I will be coming at you soon with some more fantasy football. We didn't get into beer this week, but we will try to mention beers and drafts least let you know what beers we're drinking while we while we do the podcast um, we're going to keep doing some of our league reviews for the first couple times here just to get us into the practice get us talking about it a lot of people are going to be listening our league mates anyways so that way they get to hear about their team and how good we think they are or how bad we think they are we will like i mentioned we will be doing redraft leagues as and dynasty so you'll get to hear a little takes on both 
Um, anything you want to add at the end here, Miyagi? Uh, uh, no, I'm just really excited for football to finally start here soon. And we will be covering um, our weekly fantasy stuff that's happening uh, post game, post games, and then leading up to the games too. So. Yeah, as the NFL season yeah. starts, we're definitely getting into the week by week NFL games and how that did do for fantasy and how it did for our teams in fantasy uh. and uh, how we'll try to give you some tips and hints and helps here that we can. Thanks for listening. We really do appreciate you guys. Thanks for checking us out. Peace out. Deuces.